It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You've probably heard that this election is mail-in ballot only. Well, you've got until June 30th. But why not do it today? Sit down at your kitchen table, at your desk, wherever, maybe on your couch, put your feet up, fill it out, sign it, get it in the mail, will you? Rock the vote from home with everyone here at KSL News Radio. As we continue to rock the vote, we're looking at the various races taking place here in the state of Utah. This week here on Live Mike, we have been focused on the 4th Congressional District, those individuals who would like to make their way to Congress representing Utah's 4th Congressional District, the race to replace uh, Representative Ben McAdams, who is also defending his own seat. So uh, we're going to speak to all these candidates today. Thus far today, we have spoken to uh, Jay McFarland, Jay Mack. Now we turn our attention to another candidate, Trent Christensen, who joins me on the line now. Trent, how you doing? Doing great, Lee. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. Uh, on your website, uh, CitizenTrent2020.com, you've got a line there which caught my attention. It says, I'm not running for Congress. I'm running against Congress. What does that mean? I think that Congress has lost its American way. And I think if we're going to get it back in touch with the needs of the people of the 4th District, we the people, we Americans, we Utahns need to get back in the game. You know, we called it Citizen Trent because I think we've lost this sense that we as citizens are the sovereigns. We're not ruled by a, a king, a president, the political elites, the Democrats in Congress. And we need to step up and, like you said, fill out that ballot and send it in. And I hope people do that for us. But when the people take that power back, you're going to see some change in Washington, and I think I'm the one that can do it. Outstanding. You've got some uh, some, some videos that you've put together uh, where you talk about the, your various stances on the various issues. You have one video where the background is uh, you standing in the halls of Congress. And I used to be a congressional aide myself. I recognize that very hall in which you're standing. It's the, the Cannon House <laughs> office building named after a longtime speaker, Joe Cannon. Uh, let's say you are sent back to Washington. You are sent to work in those very halls. What's the first order of business once you get there? Um, the only issue right now, and I think that will be the only issue for the next several years, is jobs. It's jobs, it's jobs, it's jobs. But there's a lot that goes into that. And what I've been saying to folks is, if you don't have the experience in the private sector to understand economic policy, taxation policy, regulation, spending, free trade, it's going to be hard for you to plug in and be as effective as you can be on day one, which is why I've always said, listen, on day one, my first priority is making the Trump tax cuts permanent. I want to get a, a, a payroll tax holiday for the next three months for small business owners so they can hire back their own employees. I want to continue to cut regulations like President Trump has been doing. And, and I actually think that, you know, you mentioned the website in these videos. One of the best ways that voters to your program, listeners to your program, can really compare the candidates, we have a link on our website for debates. We actually went back and posted both the debates that the Utah Debate Commission did and the Republican Party did because it's just the single best way to compare all the candidates. We don't believe in, in campaigning negatively, but we do think there should be comparisons. So we invite everybody to go to CitizenTrent2020.com, look at the debates. You can scroll through it. You can look at different topics and really compare who you think can rep represent you best on day one in Congress. As you 
as you look towards Washington, should you be sent there, have you yet identified uh, allies uh, who you may be able to uh, align yourself with to, to bring about, uh, you know, maybe permanent Trump tax cuts or whatever your priorities may be? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, we've reached out and had several conversations with national leaders. I think, and I said this in the debate with the Republican Party, I think the one person in Congress that's going to be in the House, that's going to be the most thankful for the voters of Utah is going to be Kevin McCarthy. Because this seat with Ben McAdams in it is critical. If the, if the Republicans want to retake the House, the math only works if they take back this seat. They have to flip it. And so if we go back there and Kevin McCarthy, who's currently the minority leader of the party, if he becomes speaker, it's going to be in large part thanks to the people of the 4th Congressional District of Utah. So I think he's going to be pretty grateful for our vote. And, and I think he's going to be a natural ally with us. I already know that that's an important issue for him, taxation and spending, getting the balance or getting, uh, getting the budget under control. And I think we're going to be able to have a strong alliance there because we're the ones that helped put him in the speaker's chair. Hmm. There have been a number of issues in the news lately coming out of Washington surrounding executive orders. There was an executive order just the other day signed by President Trump responding to uh, many calls around the country to enact some sort of police reform. There was also the decision just today uh, from the Supreme Court relating to DACA, which ultimately stemmed from a pair of, depending on your attitudes, misguided executive orders. What do you think generally about executive orders, and do you have any specific thoughts on either the police reform EO from the president or the DACA decision today from the Supreme Court? No, I absolutely do. Listen, I'm, let me give you a little background on me. I'm a Utah native. I grew up here my whole life. I'm the son of an immigrant. My mom's from Argentina, and, and so I grew up with both of perspectives. Um, she naturalized in 1973. Um, I'm the father of four great kids, so I understand what it means to grow up in this country but also have a different perspective. On executive orders, I think executive orders, and the more and more that you see them, um, is just a reflection of the failure of Congress. And by that I mean you have people that go back to Congress, and their only goal is to stay in Congress. That's it. And so they want to avoid, as much as possible, taking the hard votes. But there's still decisions that need to be made, and so you'll, they essentially just abdicate that. They just toss it over to either the, the president himself or to these executive agencies to do whatever they want. And so the presidents have taken that power. Presidents will always take more power when given, and I don't think Congress should do that. I think Congress should stand up and take a vote. Now, on the DACA issue, I, I did read that. Um, I, read the, I read the opinion. I found it really interesting. I think that that, again, is a failure of Congress. We could have gone back years ago and said, hey, why don't instead of a visa lottery system, why don't we have a merit-based system that then we have control over the people that are coming into this country? And if we did enact that, I guarantee that based on whatever criteria you enter, these DACA recipients that are currently with us, they go to college with us. They serve in the military. They've done fantastic things for our country. They would probably all qualify under a merit-based system, and the point would be moot. But we've had a Congress that's been unable or unwilling to take action on this, again, because it's politically perilous. They don't want to be held accountable for hard votes. And that's why I've said I'm going to limit my own term. I'm not going to go back. You know, Congressman for life is not my ambition. I want to go back and serve eight years max. It's what a president gets if he or she gets elected twice. That's it. My goal is not to keep getting reelected. It's to do the best job for the people of the 4th Congressional District and then come home. And with that attitude, I can take the hard votes and not worry about whether or not I'm going to get my, my 20th term in Congress. 
committee assignments. That's a big part of where you will find influence and how you can best serve the state of Utah, specifically uh, the 4th District. Have you thought at all about which committee assignments you may pursue uh, as you head to Washington, should you be elected to do so? Absolutely. There's a lot of issues that are critically important to me, and the first one is the economy. Um, so serving on um, you know, the economic committees, you know, there's several of them that deal with um, the economy and, and taxation and free trade and whatnot, um, and working again with Kevin McCarthy to make sure we get those assignments. Um, I'm also an attorney. I went to BYU Law School. I graduated magna cum laude, and, and the judiciary is very important to me. So serving in that capacity in Congress, I think, would be important because, you know, I really focused on that in law school and then on the importance of the structure of the Constitution, upholding the Constitution. Um, and so those two areas are places where, just because of my experience, I come in able to say, hey, I can plug in and make a positive, effective difference on day one. You know, I didn't, I didn't play in the NFL, though I would have loved to. I haven't been a politician before. I didn't, you know, have a, a radio show on, on KSL, but I have been a lawyer and I have worked in the economy for the last 10 years creating jobs. So I can plug in there. I think another one would be, you know, um, the interior, working with, um, you know, the, the public land issue here in Utah. I think there's a lot of good things. The Natural Resources Management Act that's happening right now in Congress that I'd love to plug into and, and help the people, not just, you know, in Salt Lake and Utah counties, but also San Pete and Juab counties. Outstanding. Trent Christensen, candidate for Utah's 4th Congressional District seat in Congress. Grateful to you for your time. Give me your website once again. CitizenTrent2020.com. We encourage everyone to go. We have some campaign ads. You can see the debates, compare the candidates, and just appreciate your time, Lee. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Quick break. When we come back, we're talking about D.C. statehood. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.